0: You sip hot tea, minus music, radio-free. You see blue skies and think of sea. How are you doing?
1: Is on. Welcome, welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. Well, today, as usual, is our uh, weekly excursion to the world of reality from the world of fantasy and make-believe. Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, that's uh, 1 p.m. Central Time. First hour, we have somebody calling in who was a guest a long time ago. He's been an activist, and we'll tell you who he is. Hopefully, he can get through. Hopefully, he can call us and navigate his way through this maze of confusion and this maze of, um, well, of Babylonian confusion is right. Actually, that's what it is. It comes down to Babel. You know, this world around us today, this global economic and political union, or attempted union, which is rapidly descending. It's rapidly descending into a um, an inferno, if you will, a, a complete burnout of everything old ushering in the new world order. Well, you know, that was the case many thousands of years ago when King Solomon was anointed king, and he, he asked the Lord for one thing more than anything else, not for himself, but for the people of true Israel. That was wisdom, and he got what he asked for, wisdom. He was always decent as a king. He was always good until he started to turn the other way, and he brought in many wives, as many you know, 700 or whatever, and 300 concubines, and then he started worshiping, their gods, or allowing their gods to creep in. And, you know, he had written in Second Chronicles chapter 7, which contains my favorite verse that I'm going to read in just a minute before we bring up our guest. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord, and the king's house, and all that came into Solomon's heart to make it, in fact, uh, the house of the Lord. In verse 12, And the Lord uh, appeared uh, to Solomon by night, and he said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place for myself, for an house of sacrifice. And then he warns what would happen. He says, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among the people. Fourteen, if my people, this is the verse, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. Now, does America sound like it's doing that today? No. Does America, the land of Israel, all the tribes here in America today, does it act as if it's humble? No. Well, this is why the Lord has told Solomon directly, for our benefit today, for I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever in thine eyes and uh, mine heart shall be there perpetually. That's my house, the temple, the first temple of Solomon. And uh, the sacrifices did go on. The offerings did go on. All of the things that the priests the Levites were sworn to do, and they did them for a long time. Unfortunately, after a bit of time, and Solomon started to fall, too, unlike his father, David. David uh, did not waver when it came to idolatry. No idols, no other gods. Now, what are these other gods today? Okay, they don't have to be Folks, by the way, this idolatry business doesn't have to be bowing to a statue or worshiping another god other than the Father. It's, in fact, evidenced by what we've become as a nation. Now, just take this COVID nonsense and the fact that people, in many cases, all the media have obviously hyped it up uh, to a large degree, but many people are, especially the elderly and more gullible. They're taking leaps and bounds over each other in order to line up, take off their shirts or roll up their sleeves and get inoculated. Why? Why? Because they trust in this new God of science, this new God that calls itself medicine rather than him. And because of that, they are reaping. They are reaping to themselves a lot of destruction, a lot of death, and will continue to do so. They will continue to reap all of those things that they, unfortunately, were warned against but did not heed. We back here in the covenant, in the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and we we're, we're just read from it now. That's one of the gods today, in my opinion. That's worshipping a false idol. That's worshipping something you shouldn't worship. And in my case, you know, I have been healed miraculously by the power of God and his healing medicine. Over the years, the last several years, six years ago, it started. And here I am today. And uh, we're thankful that that there is a God and that he is on his throne. And everything will turn out all right for those who believe and those who obey. And uh, he's ready, willing, and able to do that. But America has to repent first. America has to go through a catharsis. It has to go through that period of retrenchment and then, of course, to allow for repentance. Those are the things that are important. Uh, Nobody's going to save us. We're not going to be saved. History is our record unless we turn from those ways. And, folks, stop worshiping the golden calf. That's the key here. One of the evidences of what we're seeing today in America And the invasion that has taken place, the illegal invasion, the legal invasion of our shores, of of our land, of course, uh, is evident in uh, the uh, migrations, the changing of laws um, concerning the the business of migration here to the United States. And also the hidden factor of loss of jobs through the H-1B-1 visa program, which is a very sneaky way of eliminating american jobs but it is a real one nonetheless so we have uh again we have reached that stage now where america you know has remember the true israelites here in america today they had no walls i mean excuse me they had cities uh for protection in those days at that time that is the cities of uh refuge they also had the walls you know they had the uh uh, the um, place where you would uh, go through the the needle, you know, the, the eye of the needle. In those days, you had to have walls all around you to protect you from the enemy. But then he talked about what would become the migration of um, of Israelites when they came out of uh, Assyrian captivity and would come to Europe over the Caucasian mountains, the Caucasus mountains, go through Europe and, of course, through Canada North America into the United States. And this land in Isaiah chapter 14 and 18 and elsewhere refers to that land of unwalled cities, the new Jerusalem, the new land of unwalled cities, the new home, if you will, with a new language, new customs, and so on and so forth. They don't know who they are today. But many of us are finding out every day, thankfully. So I brought on the program today, I thought I would bring back, after a long hiatus, someone who certainly is known as quite an activist, an activist who, uh, I guess years ago, would have called himself a uh, left-wing so-called progressive. I hate that name, progressive. You know, It reminds me of uh, how the federal uh, FCC changed its name to the NCC. That was the Federal Council of Churches. They were so radical, they had to change their whole name to the National Council of Churches, and it didn't do them much good. Well, anyway, called himself a progressive, turned away by the uh, cultural Marxism revolution, among other things. And he had been quite, uh, as I said, uh, quite a catharsis and a change and a metamorphosis into a person who now, this person now, has taken on... Uh, the battle armor of uh, you know fighting this war and it's a it's a a spiritual war it's a cultural war it's a psychological war not even a military one and uh, he's been in the fight for a long time now i want to bring him on i've talked too long let me bring on steve mason i believe he's still from texas and there he is hello steve how are you
2: Uh, All right, Uh, thawing out here, and greetings from the People's Republic of Austin, little Beijing on the Colorado River.
1: How are things going where you are? Are you with or without some form of uh, uh, resources and power and sort sort of things like that that you need to survive?
2: Oh, no, no. Uh, Got plenty of canned food. made sure I had uh, the water jugs all filled up years ago. I think the water's coming back on, so. uh, But we had a rolling blackout. We were out for, I was out for 48 hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, that must have been quite, like you say, you pretty much uh, anticipated this, but you never know when it's going to happen and could happen across the whole country. You know, that shutdown, that magic button that closes down everything. You know, um, and so we need to think about those times, you know, when we're going to be without power and making provision and, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, food, water, basic things and uh, whatever energy alternatives you have. Those are important things. Now, let me ask you now, what kind of a of a progressive were you and when was this going way back? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh... Well, this progressive, you might say, is, uh, you know, you can still say I'm a progressive, but more in the Teddy Roosevelt, uh, uh, La Follette way. Uh, um Governor La Follette of Wisconsin back in the 1880s started a progressive movement, you know, to 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 counteract the corruption of the uh, Gilded Age and the robber barons. Uh, it was just sort of a generalized progressive reformist sort of thing, and I sort of thought I should have fit into that. It was due to my to our Quaker upbringing, you know, and. I began to discover that, uh, what was really behind, uh, this, this, uh, progressive thought, it was, um, to sum it up, anti-white racist feminazi bigotry is what it really is. And, um, uh, I have one close relative who still considers herself a progressive. She, 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 uh, you know, she's more concerned about transgenderism and, and uh, punishing people who, you know, bakers who won't make a cake for a lesbian wedding. And yet, I mentioned to her the uh, military-industrial complex problems, and you know, it's just crickets. And uh what really, you know, changed me is, is uh, you know, you try to show solid right? you know, we were trying to I would try to show solidarity with the uh minorities and uh they don't care. I mean that's like trying to show solidarity with the sharks. They're gonna eat you no matter what, you know, and, and getting enough uh, uh this white bashing and then uh when I never really I mean it really uh, was driven home early, uh when I, you know, turned sixteen and became um persona non grata in my own country, I always had to take a uh, uh, back seat to uh, the foreign-born in the, in the job in the job uh, sector. And that begins to hurt after a while. And to be, called, uh, to be treated like a foreigner in my own country, and then to be called a gringo, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And then other stuff begins. So, so I got uh, involved in the immigration issue early, and, but I still, I was still involved in certain things like Earth First and, and Central America peace ish, uh, issues and uh, such like that. Um, you know, you, ha- you have people who, who, like Frosty Woodridge, right, who who yeah. um, still maintain, um, which you know, he, he's, he's an environmentalist, he, but but uh and he's he uh, he probably believes in the global warming bit and everything, but uh he can't stay you know he believes in borders language culture kind of thing so uh so I was still sort of uh, burning the candle at both ends, and then when I was getting involved in the immigration thing uh people started bringing in the new world order you know what this is really part of a larger thing and i began to look yeah. at it and then and mm-hmm. then um, i finally began to realize the so so i you know i guess i still believe in generic progressive things i, I, I especially dislike the uh, military industrial complex but try to get people people involved in it in, the, in here in the people's republic of austin is uh, it's just they're not interested. Uh, the, the, you know, you can have a conversation with them, a sidewalk conversation with them about it, mm-hmm. and they'll agree with mm-hmm. you. But uh, try to get groups like uh, the Democratic Socialists of America, which is really the Communist Party, to do something about it, or Veterans for Peace, which is a communist front, really, and the, uh, the Quakers, who, who oh, yeah. are more... uh, Are uh, you know? It's just they're not going to be involved. What their real issue is is they want open borders and they want the destruction of this country. And I've heard that enough. And uh, there is a deep underlying spiritual war going on here. And and uh, as you said, you know and. Uh, you know me I'm not a uh, biblical literal interpretationist but there are such things as satanic forces now whether they're they're actually really supernatural forces or it's just something that comes from the mind of man uh, you know it doesn't matter the bottom line is the same and uh, I finally got sick of it with the Quakers is, is that they're uh, uh, they they bring in these radical uh, Aztec, Raza, Nazi types to head up their service organization. And they they want to, they want open borders and so they want to, and, and they, because nobody can agree with them uh, that their position is reasonable, they therefore find their allies in, in some of the worst uh, radical hammer and sickle types. And If you've ever listened to Michael Savage, he he unilaterally has come out and talked about Quakers this way, and Quakers have shown themselves to be, you know, spiritually filthy, you know, they're committing original sin, because uh, they think of themselves as spiritually superior morally and spiritually superior to the the rest of the world, while they don't, uh, you know, acknowledge uh, God. As such, They're agnostic uh, mystics, and and so they think that see they talk about the inner light. They believe the driving motivation is you know there's the inner light of God that resides in everyone, right? Uh, now they didn't make this up, uh, you know. People talked about that in early Christian medieval Christian times, but they just adopted it and, and, and built on it. But they mistake this inner light, of whatever is is. Um, uh, then, um,
1: coming from themselves maybe and, that's and, where and, George Bush got the thousand points of light from you know <laughs> oh well I, I don't
2: talk to me about George Bush um, I wish they'd go away but they won't you know it, it's just like um, Bad case of diarrhea, man, it just it just keeps erupting again. And we've got Jeb Bush and his son Guppy or George P., who's head of the land commission here. Um, and there's another one, and they're just going to keep keep coming at us. And the Republican Party, of course, is so monumentally stupid as they won't uh, they won't naysay these guys. But uh, but the Quaker's a mistake there, their own spiritual yearnings. Personal spiritual yearnings is actually coming from God, and, and, and it can't be. It's, but it's, it's oh, years, uh...
1: Uh, They're not alone, are they? Right. We're going to take a break right now, and you stay where you are, Steve, and we're going to reconnect after the break. So stay with us, Rick Adams, Uncensored, and join us on the other side.
3: Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines
4: Whatever needs to be done, we got to do ourselves.
1: All righty, we're back again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Introduced to you, Steve Mason. Uh, He's not affiliated that I know of with Mason uh, University, but... He may be uh, maybe a protege of uh, actor James Mason, although I seriously doubt it. Or he may very well be, uh, you know, one of the uh, signers of the uh, early documents of the founding republic. I'm not sure. But anyway, you hear a little bit of what Steve's saying about his, uh, his background and his uh, change over the years and his, I guess you'd say, this metamorphosis of growth and uh, seeing uh, the country just being torn down. You know, I visited years ago. Uh, I went down to Houston. I, w- I was in a hotel, I guess, just about a mile and a half away from the uh, the Astrodome at that time. And um, I was at a YAF convention my early years, you know, the Young Americans for Freedom. And uh, I, I know that, you know, outside of it being red hot uh, in August, I will say this, that, uh, you know, and the makeup, Steve, of the area and the population um, was one thing then. It was largely Caucasian, largely, you know, white American uh, people. And uh, then uh, 30, 40 years down the road, uh, you see that major change, and it was happening gradually. You know, we have the the new uh, changes in the so-called immigration policy. We saw the 1965 Immigration Act of Kennedy, uh, begin to, uh, to take shape. And now I can imagine what you've seen uh, all of these years, the changes that have taken place, not just in the, the so-called multiculturalist arena, but what has followed this war. You say it's a cultural war. This is a war against whitey. It is a war uh, of uh, the anti-racist racist who are basically in control of this nation? Uh, have you uh, seen all of this take place? Like I just got a glimpse of it when when I was there.
2: Uh, yes, I have seen it, and uh, and I felt it personally, of course, with the white bashing. And you know, you got to uh, you got to admit that you know, this is genocide. Okay, this is a slow boiling genocide okay, and uh what's particularly disgusting is the uh what's coming from mexico on this and 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 let I me mean, i want to get one more thing to the Quakers right i was reading uh i, I don't have in front of me a uh a, a passage out of there booklet called the transform in their presence the transforming power of uh, documented immigrants or something like that and inside it's saying that uh, this wave of immigration from mexico is not like other waves of immigration it is a conquest that's the words they use in the creation of a new mestizo race which is the cornerstone of god's new creation okay you know when they proclaim stuff like that uh, you know, keep your powder dry, and 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 then these these ridiculous people lament the fact that oh, we're militarizing the border. Well, you know, you declare a uh, this this thing, and it's a conquest and the creation of a new race which involves the destruction of another race, well, of course, you're going to end up militarizing the border, and you're going to end up creating organizations like the Minutemen. And something particularly disgusting here in Austin is they went to the Human Rights Commission, and... Submitted a resolution for them to give to the Austin City Council, Politburo I call it, uh, declaring the Minutemen a racist vigilante threat to the public safety, those are the exact mm-hmm. words, and for them to be put under surveillance by local... Progressive groups or whatever, so that their activities could be reported on to the Austin City Council and uh, ordinances passed against them. These are the same Quakers who don't like it that the, 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 the federal government spies on their uh, their organizational peace meetings, and here they're calling for the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And quote, huh? Yes. Okay. So this thing it's about putting people under that. surveillance didn't pass didn't pass the stink test with the city council. So they, they deleted that part out, but they ended up calling the uh, uh, uh calling them the Minutemen a racist vigilante threat to the public safety, which is you know, kinda of belonged to the Minutemen.
5: And and
2: hearing that come come from them, and, and then declaring that they're creating a new mestizo race. You know, I called up one of the leading Quaker women and, and said, you know, you're declaring Mexican supremacism right out here. And she says, what well, do you mean to have this conversation? They were here before we were. Okay. And uh, the Quakers have also endorsed, uh, there's a group called Anti-Racist Action, They're one of the parent groups of Antifa. Uh, They put out, they they call for the abolishment of the white race. It's the uh, activist group from this guy. uh, I think he recently died at uh, Harvard University. His name was...
1: Yeah, Professor
2: Ignatius. That's the one. Yeah. Creation of his group. uh, Only only, uh, any racist action is an explicitly violent group. Here in Austin, and I've had face-to-face with them.
1: Yeah, he and, openly called for uh, Ignatius as a, uh, a transplant from Europe, the United States, a Jewish uh, transplant, and he always said the white race should be abolished, he said. It was satanic. Yeah, you know, and, like yeah, and,
2: yeah. And, and their course their magazine is called Race Traitor uh, treason to whiteness is uh, loyalty to humanity, and the Quakers endorse this in their newsletter. The Local American Friends Service Committee. The Quakers are yeah. known the religious religious yeah. Society of Friends, but you know what I call them? The Quaking Commie Quacker Crackers. What do you well, call? Them? I call them the I call them the Quaking Commie Quacker Crackers. Uh, when you You're look on their newsletter, creative. they. Huh.
1: You're quite creative.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, they, uh, and, and you know they carry the hammer and stick a one in their local newsletter. They have a picture out there of the masthead of uh, Che Guevara oh, yes. once but twice. So, of course, there are communists fronting them and been declared so since 1948 by the State Department. And so, so the reason why I'm hitting on the Quakers is that I'm sure you can find the Lutherans
1: the same way and the Unitarian Universalists. The I was the same going way. to bring them up because that's the big one up here, you know, where I am in New England. But uh, we got a break again. Let's uh, hold on, Steve, and Steve Mason's our guest. We'll come right back with more support, republicbroadcasting.org. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org.
6: For over 20 years now, Extendivite has proven time and again, it really works. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. I received an arterial switch at birth. In my mid-20s, I started getting slight runs of NSVT. Nothing too serious, but enough to cause worry. I started taking Extendivite a little over two years ago, and it helped cut the palpitations and NSVT down drastically. This isn't a cure-all supplement. I strongly recommend a good diet and exercise to aid in any heart troubles you may be having. And I strongly recommend giving Extendivite a try. Extendivite is only 69.95 for a 2-month supply. To order call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's h e a r t d r o p.com. Extend your life with
7: Extendovite. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen planned to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxy-silver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. weapon. Oxy-silver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful, loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile oxy-silver through HealthyWorldStore.com.
8: back ladies and
1: gentlemen uh, first hour guest with us today on this uh, 20th of february my goodness is steve mason who's been an activist from texas and he has uh, appeared on this program years ago and uh, you know he he has been as, as you can hear from his voice he's been really uh in a stage of trans uh transition if you will to a political reality from uh, maybe a more uh, you know, serene, you know, picturesque, uh, uh, Mamsy Pamsy type of world. And now he's here. And now you hear what he sa- says and what he stands for. And, yeah, what you're saying, Steve, is very true. You know, the universalist uh, uh, churches, so-called, um, are really amazing because they, they're not really a church at all, whatever you define a church as, but they really don't believe in Christianity whatsoever. In fact, they're anti christian And they believe in this globalist, uh, one-world religious system. And they have exhibited those traits over the years, where they support, uh, you know, the Marxist revolution, and they really have a... I remember one local minister of the Universalist Church here, uh, uh, his name was Reverend Tom Alburn, ironically, Alburn, you know, and he used to attack... The Christian fundamentalism—I'm not always a fan of their theology at all, as you know. Their theology is somewhat messed up, but they're still uh, Christians, and uh, we don't—we don't question their faith or their uh, their soul. That's up to God. But they would—he uh, would attack them in in the most vicious ways, and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, one—it was so outrageous in one column in the paper in the Providence Journal, that, that even a liberal Baptist minister, a woman, wrote in, and she wrote in in such disgust. She said it was absolutely outrageous, the things that this clown was saying. So he finally passed from the scene, and Mr. Reverend is all burned up now, Reverend Tom Alburn. And yeah, they they have an agenda, the Universalist the Church and <laughs> Uh, they uh, certainly, Unitarianism is uh, to me is just a short version of communitarianism. You see, true um, sure enough. Uh, yeah, on, we continue. Got, well, yeah, we got the Unitarians
2: here in uh, in Austin as well, and you, of course you got a large Quaker meeting up there in uh, Providence.
1: Oh, big time!
2: Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I don't know what they're up. To. I don't know what they're up to up there or, or in Boston. The thing is, is, is the, what particularly gets me about, uh, what, See, what I'm trying to do partly for this phone call for this, for this guest appearance is to warn people about, you know, coming from kind of an agnostic, you know, and an agnostic is just an atheist who doesn't give a, give a darn, you know, um, an atheist is somebody who's, yeah, 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 there's no God. An agnostic is just somebody who doesn't give a flip, um, but I can tell you that, that there's a spiritual war going on here, and and of course the the Unitarians or don't even pretend to be spiritual, but the Quakers there's something evil about them. They they they're sugar coated goody-good to uh, kind of stuff but yet they preach the most horrible things and they join up with uh, 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 endorse in their newsletter uh, Nolik Nyatev and uh, indirectly anti-racist action uh, same with this close relative of mine you know she says I should read a book called When, uh, when the Irish Became White uh, I think that's from by or uh, somebody close to him so, um, see so what was I getting at? They, uh, the Quakers, though, claim to have this spiritual thing about them, and yet they, they yet they they align themselves with any racist action, which has now merged itself into uh, Antifa. And you know, groups that are explicitly violent, uh, they endorse the Aztec spirituality like you would not believe. And if you know anything about the Aztecs. Uh, uh,
1: Rick? Yes, I, I certainly have enough knowledge of them, yes. They're descendants. Yeah. Canaanite. Well, I mean... And, yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and you can see bit. it in the Mexican flag. You know, the eagle mm-hmm. on the cactus on the stone. That That is uh, that is one of the most satanic, demonic things that you'll ever see. It's uh, the, the wandering Aztecs who called themselves the Mexica, or Mexica, and whose empire mm-hmm. was called Mex- Mexico... Or Mexico, okay—that's where Mexico gets its name—is they were this wandering tribe of disgusting barbarians. who, When they saw this eagle on the cactus on the stone, they were to stop their wanderings and settle down, right? And their 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 demon god, Huitzilopochtli, would give them the world. Well, they found the original stone carving. It's it's uh, of that, and on it, the fruits of the cactus are human hearts. And the whole cactus is a mass of human hearts rising out of the open chest of a sacrificial victim. And instead of a, uh, a serpent in the buzzard's beak or the eagle's beak, uh, there's these two banners, which are the uh, 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 Aztec uh, symbol for war. So it means that and they believe that they should wait perpetual war to harvest fresh hearts and warm blood to keep the, uh, the world going around. And so that's what it means. And, and there's people, there's Raza Nazis who are in the know about this. And they stamp that on the Mexican flag. So every time, you know, we should burn that thing. We should, we should treat it like uh, uh, like uh, Satan's own banner. And, yeah, and but
1: that would is, be a hate uh, crime today, you understand, Steve.
2: Well, I hate it, too. <laughs> you know, it... it, uh, it What's really bad is that this anti-racist action group. Their symbol is that of the Khmer Rouge. Um, everybody out there, the Khmer Rouge or Pol Pot's organization of Cambodia that carried out the genocide there. Yeah. And so here we have the Khmer Rouge and anti-racist action. They're, they're called the Khmer Rouge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, there the, the, were groups,
1: uh, you know, the Southern, what was it, the SNCC groups and. Is it N? I think it was SNCC. Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Huh?
2: I, I'm sorry, SNCC is that what you're talking about.
1: Uh, years ago, in the 80s and 90s, big time. Yeah, it was a SNIC. It was known by the acronym SNCC, and it was like a coordinating committees of socialist uh, networks. Then you had uh, Mobilization for Survival. These are like Quaker related organizations, you know, and. Also, there was a, uh, let's say, there were a number of groups here in my city. Wage, you know, Uh, there were workers uh, that were uh, working for an equitable wage. Now, the big thing is a livable minimum wage and a living wage and all of this nonsense, because they never get to the cause of the problem. They never talk about the unconstitutional monetary system that uh, is imposed on us since 1913. They wouldn't dare. So, uh, you know, they, they serve the cause, as Gary Allen said and, uh, and uh, Larry Abrams said in the Nunder a Conspiracy book, pressure from below and then the pressure from above, the super-rich, uh, you know, uh, totalitarian, billionaire socialist like you-know-who, George Soros Schwartz and a host of others working from the top, and they're destroying the middle class. And that means the Adamic... Caucasian people who who made America what it was, you see? And now yep. that's being torn down? It's being torn down? That,
2: it's called revolutionary parliamentarianism, as a John Birch Society calls it, pressure from oh. above yep. Uh, yep. and from below. Well, I've tried explaining that to some leftist people. and As soon as I start men- mentioning international bankers, they accuse me of attacking the Jews. and It's like, <laughs>
4: what the hell is the matter with I- you?
2: Right. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's like well what hilarious. about the military induction? what about the military industrial complex? Isn't that something we could agree on? And you know, I don't know, it just zips in one ear and out the other. Uh, but you know I well, they do who would have ever thought
1: Many of them have uh, been supported of the Middle Eastern wars for Israel. I mean, they've been supportive of going into Iraq and liberating Iraq and Afghanistan, the 9-11 cover-up nonsense, all of that. Others have not been. Uh, Others have been somewhat consistent and uh, true to form. But, you know, uh, the the thing is, they're very selective about uh, what they oppose and what forms of so-called racism they oppose. Now, the racism of the anti-racist is the most, I think it's the most odious form of racism. Well, it's genocidal. It's it's genocidal, you know, and
2: and when the Quakers come out and and align themselves with it, well, it's time to forget about uh, peace and love, you know, because... uh, you know, it's like the movie "The Killing Fields." You, you can't fight these people with, with proclamations of peace and love and all sit together and hold hands under the uh, United Nations one World Gumdrop tree and sing "We are the world." you know It's, it's just like trying to plead with prana or sharks. It, it doesn't matter. They're, they're they're focused in on one thing, and that's that's destroying us. And who would have ever thought that, that Pol pots uh, killing fields could come here to America uh, and and be led or accompanied by by Quakers? And of course, there's other religious groups involved too. But the Quakers are just my personal, you know.
1: I understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can go and, down the uh, list. As I said, you can go to the John Hagee school as well. The so-called Baptist and the Evangelical Fundamentalists. they are an army for uh, for Israel in the Middle East. The Zionists, are the so-called Zio Christians—you know—you can you can go across the board and find a lot of trouble with all of them that are not—they're not scriptural, they're not biblical. They claim they are, but they're not. And they're uh, they're doing their bit, you know, to help bring down America. And and they all are doing it all in the name of God or in the name of freedom and peace and democracy and love, as you know. Now, if, if I came out uh, as an individual and said that I was a communist years ago, and even now today down the streets, probably what's left of the, uh, the non-millennial uh, you know, yuppie generation, I would probably be greeted with a, a ton of bricks on me. If I said that I'm a progressive socialist or I believe in in freedom for a living wage society and equality and egalitarianism, guess what would happen? Oh, I think I'll vote for you for office. That's the Democrat Party. That's the Republicans to many uh, people in many parts. My part in Rhode Island, of course, is ultra-liberal. So, you know, you'd hear that reaction. So if they don't call themselves what they really are, then people will not understand What's in a name? You see? By the way, uh, folks, if you'd like to uh, just chime in and give Steve a quick call. He's not adverse to taking calls. He, he likes to talk. And, uh, and uh, give us a call, 800-313-9443, if you want to chime in while we have Steve Mason with us here today. Very interesting conversation, Steve. We haven't had this conversation in a long time. But we used to have it, you remember, with John Clark. You remember John Clark? Oh, yeah, yeah. I went
2: with him um, on a uh, making a uh, video documentary along the border way back when, uh, as uh, part Americans of
1: uh, for immigration control, I believe was his organization. Now, I haven't heard from him for years. Have you heard anything about john? oh I get, it, I get you, postage
2: on my fa- I get posters on my pay- Facebook all the time from him.
1: Oh okay, good. well, I'm going to reconnect with him then been a long time yeah do you want his uh, email i i I, can can email you send it to me privately you can send it to me yeah yeah sure yeah yeah but uh, yeah i don't think he'd mind no of course not uh... this this revolution talking about is not just a happenstance thing you know it's just not like an ad hoc committee that gets together and fights something for good and for justice and brotherhood you know this is an organized effort and it is conspiratorial And clearly there are goals here that you've just stated. Their goals are not very nice. And uh, when it it sounds like, you know, you hear your secretary of state here or somebody like that who's probably um, become a legal citizen at some point say that we're for equality, we're for a multicultural world. What they're really saying, they're really saying is that we are for destroying the essence of America. Whites are bad, whites are evil, and the white male in particular has to be destroyed. That model has to be torn down. And that's what Hollywood's doing all the time. Uh, That's what the media are doing all the time, constantly. Uh, That's what the politicians are pandering to, mostly. And of course, uh, those uh, people in the economic world, they just despise this business of a white racist America and how it came to be. And they want Fairness and equality and justice and love and peace and joy—all the things the communists have always said they were for. Communists in the Daily World never came out and said we are for destroying people and killing. They always said we're for justice, we're for peace, we're for freedom. Isn't that interesting? How they disguise their message to recruit the uh, to recruit the young and the uh, well. I tell you what, the, <laughs> the Maoist
2: communists don't. The, the Maoists don't, you know, like the Shining Path and 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 Pol Pot. They don't mm-hmm. preach this peace and love. They actually preach destruction and killing, you know. And yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's dismaying, You know, not not now. These uh, anti-racist people are highly critical of states like uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, which are virtually 100% white and and they vilify them, and it's just like you can't even have a tiny little all-white state. You can't have all-white neighborhoods. You can't have all-white schools. You can't have all-white nations. It, it's
1: all going to be destroyed.
2: You know, well, was the governor brought about by, time, by,
1: time, by uh, He uh, was the governor of Maine, and he, he went out and made the statement that Maine was too white. Can you imagine that? So he said, let's... Let's bring them in, all the Laotians. let's bring in all the Cambodians, let's bring in all those from Africa, from the wars that we've been involved uh-huh. in, and let's color coat the state, you know? And that was a racist statement. Now, if, if I had said that, say, in, in Manhattan, or, or, well, let's just say, for instance, in the Mattapan section of Boston, okay, which is largely all black, and I had said that this city and this state and this area is too black, what do you think would happen in the media? Oh,
2: you'd get you'd get cut from Twitter and Facebook and uh, all that kind of stuff, and and um, they, we, they um,
1: arrested and charged with hate speech. You know, especially by well, the
2: public officials. In Britain, you would be that's for sure. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm nobody. You know, I'm nobody li- uh, uh, myself, and but I do. I'm trying to warn people about what's going on here. And, uh, it, it's unbelievable.
1: It's unbelievable. Uh, do we I'm see parallels? Take a, break in a minute or so, but we're going to take a few calls for you too. And, uh, we'll do that, um, because you have been, you've been in the battle out there on the, on the pavement for many years. And I guess as almost as long as I've been doing this program on RBN, almost 16 years, you were on, uh, that long, I think, uh, Almost from the well, beginning. Well, I feel
2: like uh, I feel like uh, the ship I'm on has been torpedoed, and I'm just this one last survivor on a raft. You know, it's yeah. it's
1: yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: there's there's nothing I can do. You know, I mean,
1: I <laughs> well, what's your something. You know, just the fact that you are in the media, you are speaking out. They're not about to shut you up. You're going to continue to talk, and you're going to continue to sound the alarm, and that's fine. That's that's great. That is something. That's not for nothing. So, uh, you know, in any event, uh, that's good. Excellent stuff. Uh, all right, where's the break? Do we have the break now coming up? So we can, Here it comes. Beautiful. I hear the music. Stay where you are, Steve, and let us uh, take calls when we come back. Rick Adams, uh, Facebook page, Rick Adams Uncensored, here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm right back with Paul.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting, involving the Energy Planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an Energy Planner for $215 instead of $285. $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads so get those postcards in put your name your telephone number your email address on there and when your postcard is drawn you get to get an energy cleaner for 215 dollars instead of 285 dollars mattress pads 10 percent off help us out at republic broadcasting and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount it's a win-win situation for everybody we hope you can get these postcards in soon thank you very much
1: Can man control his destiny?
7: Can he change the shape of things to come?
8: Hey, we're back
1: now, and uh, Steve, uh, you ready to take a couple of calls, are you? Yes, I am. All right, very good. 1-800-313-9443 is the number, and we'll hold Steve over a little bit over... Uh, the two o'clock hour because Art from Philly will be coming on about quarter past. So let's take our first call from Stanley in Idaho. Stan in Idaho, hello. You're on the program.
10: Yeah, it's great to hear you guys. I've known Steve for a long time, Rick. I've known you for a long time. I was on your and, show quite yeah. a while ago.
1: Yeah, yeah I, remember. I you were uh, on this program I, a few times too. It,
10: I'm I'm so glad that you're still out there, Rick, doing. Your show and uh, Steve. Uh, I first met Steve uh, in uh, at the Perot Convention in uh, in Dallas, and uh, and I, you I, you he, Yeah, yeah, Ross Perot, and uh, and and Steve didn't have a place to stay, and and I said, well, Steve, I don't know. Uh, there was a, a friend of mine; he was sharing the room, and he says, well, I'll just. I'll just sleep in the uh in the in the bathroom there and and uh, in the tub.
5: And <laughs> I, uh, I, I got a, a
10: Steve reminded me of that. Uh, this is the kind of activist that Steve is uh, and next to uh, next to what's his name for Infowars, Wars Alex Jones uh, Steve is the hardest working guy in in Austin and he does stuff, and he doesn't get paid for it, and, and he, he is just an incredible guy. If we had our own type of country, Steve would be in charge of a foundation. He would get funding because that's the kind of guy he is. He's selfless, and he's out there. He's a truth seeker, and he's not out there to pound his chest and look how, look how great uh, I am. He's he's a throwback to the old days, and uh, I'm going to say that
1: Steve Mason is not one of those white, rich, robust Republican type of wealthy, uh, you know, white by privilege type of individuals. No, Steve, you're not a billion dollar guy, are you? Uh, No, no. My father, uh,
2: my father was an Ivy League professor. That's about it.
1: Appreciate you know, all that. You know, uh, I'm just being a little flippant here now, of course, because of the the image, the stereotype they've created. And they talk about stereotypes, and it's the white privileged man. You know, it's the guy that had it made all oh, of his yeah, life. Yeah. You know, and then that's my point. You know, Stan knows that drill. Wait, well. I think, Stan, were you involved with the transportation system or bus driving or oh, something? Oh,
10: I uh, I drove um, I drove for a uh, uh, for Muni in San Francisco, um, in, from '77 to '80. I'm originally from Texas, originally from Houston, uh, uh-huh. and then I drove for I drove for Golden Gate Transit from uh, 1980 until 2003 when I retired and I moved up here idaho with all the other white refugees um Mm -hmm. but uh, but no um uh, i'm going to try to get steve on uh this uh this uh talk this podcast up in canada because uh i i I hadn't heard steve on the air before and he is really got it together and he's got a great story and uh it's i'm just so glad that that steve you told me that you were going to be on and uh So you guys, uh, I know you guys have got about another ten minutes to go or whatever, but, Steve, it's great to hear you, and I'm going to try to get you on up in Canada. All
1: right. Thanks a lot, Stan. Appreciate the... All right. uh, Okay, guys. Take care. Okay, good. Thank you, Stan, for calling. Just be careful up in Canada. They have the, uh, you know, the uh, anti-hate laws up there. And the ADL types and the SPLC types and the Bronfmans, of course, have uh, been pushing that agenda. Uh, they've arrested people, uh, as you know, in the past for hate speech violations. So be careful, because hate speech really does exist. And it's anti-white, anti-Caucasian, anti-American, anti-middle class. But those are the ones who are in control. All right, let's go to Charles in Florida now. Hello, Charles. You're on the program. Welcome. How you
4: doing? What, yeah, what's yeah on your did, mind yeah uh did did you know uh that the uh, Quakers in england the big quaker families are are have been for ye you know for centuries i mean since sixteen four uh, 90, you know when the bank of england was founded they've been uh, with jews they they've been very jewish families uh have been very prominent in the bank of england so that's that's wow. the uh thing the big fan big quaker families in england william cobbett pointed that out the uh, guy in the 1820s who was uh, re, re, uh you know wrote about emancipation of catholics back then and talked to his book the protestant reformation uh-huh. that they, they they had the same racket, you know. The Federal Reserve is modeled on it, you know. Wars and and uh, debt and uh, you know creating money out of nothing, the same thing it was. But Man, I, but I, uh I, yeah, I, I, the Okay, let me runs, react
1: to what you said. Hold on a moment now, Charles. Wait a minute. Go ahead.